After the murder of George Floyd, we saw new initiatives focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion across industries. Here are two examples. In 2021, 22 Squared, a marketing agency in Atlanta, worked with the NAACP to map the hundreds of Confederate monuments still standing in the United States, share their history, let visitors add graffiti-style tags to a statue, then contact a local elected official to call for its removal. McDonald's recently announced that it would offer $250 million in low-interest loans to new franchises, to new franchisees uh, over the next five years as a way to help increase diverse ownership of its U.S. restaurants. That followed the chain's move to tie executives' annual incentives to increasing the share of women and racial minorities in corporate leadership roles by 2025. The author uh, Dale Buss of ChiefExecutive.net says, the most important work at companies so far has been happening in between these extremes. The moves uh, range from taking an inventory of the workforce on diversity measures to systematizing an approach for changing the status quo, from implementing change through a sweeping remake of leadership to starting with sparks from a DEI-focused town hall meeting, from building an organizational hierarchy for DEI to business leaders embracing individual responsibility. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're having a conversation with Esther Angel of Cargus Systems. Thank you, Esther, for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Vanessa Filbert from Work Wisdom, right. uh, also <laughs> Community Action <laughs> Partnership, to talk about equitable workplace culture. Um, thank you both so much mm. for coming here on this very windy, weirdly snowy day. It's supposed <laughs> to be spring. Um, the first question I want to ask, it's kind of the big question. Uh, why do you think it's so important? Maybe this is obvious. Why do you think it's so important for companies and organizations to do this work of creating an inclusive culture? Well, I think, you know, you kind of stated it's the obvious, right? So it's the right thing to do. I think there's a, definitely an element of that. But for a lot of organizations, you've got, to, you, you want to look at beyond that. Okay, it's the right thing to do. Look at the numbers, look at our workforce and who we need in the workforce. We need people to feel comfortable coming to work. We need people to be engaged and we need them to be doing the work that our economy needs. So if you've got a business, you should be thinking about how do I ensure that people are going to retain, stay with me. The other thing to keep in mind is that um, there's a matter of effectiveness and efficiency. If people feel included, if they feel comfortable, if they feel engaged, they're going to be more productive. Mm. So if you're looking at your workforce and, and, and they're spending their energy and their time and their concern on um, performance in a way that's not helping your organization, you're not getting the best out of your employees and engagement. So there's, of course, that it's the right thing to do. We should be doing this as a culture and as a community, but also it's the thing that we need to do in order to ensure the stability and 
um, long-term goals of our organizations. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. I totally agree with all those points, Esther, and I'm also curious about um, this position around I don't always know if if people know it's always the right thing to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think the workplace becomes another classroom mm -hmm. for folks who maybe are not talking about this with friends or at a dinner table or engaging in the self-work and self-awareness and kind of truth-telling of history and mm -hmm. why it does matter. So I think it's so great that there are places um, in this community like Carcass um, with folks like you at the helm who are saying, no, this we should be creating a mindset that it does, it should matter and this is mm -hmm. the good thing to do. And yeah, there's a business benefit right. to that kind of execution on equity. I guess I'm gonna, Sarah and I are gonna play tag team a little with questions today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're gonna hot seat Sarah for a second here. <laughs> Um, and in, as part of Work Wisdom, you all have been leaning into equity work beyond the years of what has happened in our country in 2020. Mm. So from your perspective, why? Why did you guys jump in? Why did you think it was you know, part of revolutionizing the workplace? I, I think a lot of it is what Esther, you were talking about, number one, it being the right thing to do. Mm. I mean, I have to give Ketrin so much credit for this because she... I felt like this was really key, you know, so before it was being talked mm -hmm. about, she was like, we need to have this as a thing. And, um, you know, Vanessa, we were talking about this the mm -hmm. other day, like we weren't really getting hired for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that, but that underlying having an inclusive culture, it's good for everybody. For um, and it does change the world. So, mm -hmm. all right. You know, it's, I think that, that's Kedrin really cares about yeah. that and she was I, I feel like wise enough to to see we needed to do something about it early yeah. on that's great there's a, an analogy and I don't have this technical term for this thing somebody one of you bright people should know so you know when we have sidewalks what's the like curb thing where it kind of dips down is there a special name for that part of the mm. curb that's like built the, to... uh, accessibility Thanks. the accessibility ramp. <laughs> What? I'm glad you're here because I was going to call it. I was going to call it the dip. Um, so the success. The dippity do, <laughs> yep. also known as yes. But I think it's such a great you know reminder because when I think about why that was built, it was about mm -hmm. creating access. Mm -hmm. But everyone in a community benefits from that yeah. dip, whether you're like moving and you're trying to pull things into your new place, whether you, like me, who from New York, when you um, do laundry in a laundromat <laughs> and you're lugging your laundry, groceries, right. when you have your babies and you're right. looking and for an easy place mm -hmm. to get your stroller up. And I think that's really, um, when we think about why it matters in the workplace, it's kind of that analogy of like, we built something that had one person in mind, but everyone benefits. Mm-hmm from that accessibility Benefits ramp. from learning. And I think that's one of the key things for this that we often uh, don't take in, like, it's not about preaching at, it's about being willing to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to have a conversation mm -hmm. with someone with a different background than me? Mm -hmm. And am I willing to listen and appreciate that their point of view, their past experiences, those are just different than mine. And being comfortable in who I am and to listen to someone else and say, this is who you are, where you came from, mm -hmm. what's your background, what were your experiences? Because if we can listen, that's the, the largest part of DEI to me is are you willing just to listen and be curious? Mm. Mm -hmm. So if we can approach things with a, uh, an attitude of curiosity as opposed to judgment, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna judge where you are, what you said, I may not agree, 
but I'm going to listen. I'm curious about what you think, about mm-hmm. how you feel about the experiences that you've had. Yeah. I think what's interesting about that is it's this idea of an invitation. Yeah. So there's a space um, in equity work where we talk about, you know, when we call people out versus how much hmm. more we get when we call people in. Mm-hmm. And yes. an invitation is a calling in. So I guess I'm curious from your perspective, Esther, is when you think about when Cargus decided to call people in, <laughs> what did it take? What do you think it takes to get started? How do we give some tips to other businesses when they're saying, I've got so much other things to prioritize in right. doing business. How do I prioritize this and where do we even start? Right. I think that one of the great places you can start is with a baseline, right? To know where you are and to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. about where you are is one of the best places to start. Um, and acknowledging that maybe, so when we did it, when Cargus started going through this, we knew we were in a pretty good place. And that's what we found. Like, hey, people feel very comfortable having these conversations. Mm-hmm. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a surprise to us, but it also validated what we what we felt and thought. There might there was other areas like okay, let's continue to work on that. What was interesting is that we because we set that baseline, we had some place to go from mm-hmm. from there. So for us, it was not just understanding where we are internally, but how do we influence the community around mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. which was a big deal because we work in a lot of environments where there may not be that equitable that that conversation. Mm-hmm. And how do we how are we willing to continue to influence mm-hmm. the areas around us, not just with in our our four walls. So for uh, companies and organizations looking to say, hey, we really, we want to evaluate, we'll look at your numbers. That's a great place to start. Surveys, focus groups, um, you can actually do, if you are interested, you can go more in depth into salary, um, equity, scales, you know, so um, who's paid more or less, take away and, and, and evaluate that on different criteria. Um, I, and I think just doing anonymous surveys, non-anonymous surveys, find out where people, <laughs> where do they feel like they are? They're willing to have those mm-hmm. conversations. I think the, that's one of the key things, just being willing to say this is where we are, bef- because then it allows you to to chart a path right so it's this idea of like let's get educated what do we know about ourselves what's our baseline and then maybe add some transparency to that formula right because we are trying to engage people in 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 a space of trust you know for those folks who identify as part of being um in communities that maybe are underrepresented in some ways um trust is i mean psychological safety is so so important when it comes to equity work I mean, it's it's one of the things that I think about a lot because um, our intentions can be good. So we do yeah. this work sometimes in some of our trainings where we talk about there's a difference between impact and intent. Right. And the intent can be very good, but mm-hmm. the impact, if it's not really well thought out, mm-hmm. can be harmful. It can be. And I think it's important to be honest. Like, and if there's going to be mistakes made, this isn't mm-hmm. perfect, mm-hmm. right? So if there is, if you're having those conversations and having the open flexibility to say, I'm not really comfortable with this, that's okay. Don't, we can't, you know, berate people for not being willing to engage if they're not ready for that engagement. And that's a hard place mm-hmm. to be. But this is, this is a very personal, sensitive journey for folks. Um, and it's okay. And, and I think it's outside. One of the other things I want to bring up in, about DEI is not conventional. We often think of race, mm-hmm. but that's just one portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we might have people with different socioeconomic backgrounds mm-hmm. or people that have different experiences. Veterans, for example, um, people who are coming from different types of mental health um, mm. issues. So DEI is not mm. really just about saying, oh, well, we're doing the racially right thing. And I know this is sensitive. Topic to say, but it's not just about that. It's that's one element. 
but there's also a lot of other things mm -hmm. that come into play. And so this is your opportunity to really evaluate how you're making an impact and the people that you have an impact, you can make an impact on every day. They're coming mm -hmm. to your office every day. They're yep. coming to your work every day. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to really make an impact in the way that they work and live. And, and that's, mm. that's exciting. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think what's interesting too is I think what I experience is there's a compounding issue around equity. Mm. So <laughs> for me, it starts with race, right? Because our country's history is contingent on that experience and it starts with economy. So it was the economy <laughs> that drove this idea around where those inequities began. But I think all the other things that you mentioned now compound. Mm -hmm. So if it, if race is not the space that you are feeling um, disenfranchised in some way, but if you're a woman, if you're someone who's dealing with a mental health condition or a diagnosis, if you are abled or not able-bodied, all those things compound. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that in data you know, now where we see that um, when we think about I just heard the statistics about two thirds of this country's debt is held by women. Oof. And when we think about equity, as we're sitting here, <laughs> and we think about the fact that we will still not earn the same dollar for a white male with the same education as us, it's like there's, there's no math around how we will never catch up with the debt that women hold in this country. Mm -hmm. So it's that compounding issue. So I guess from shift our mind to maybe a little strength-based approach, um, and Sarah, I'm interested what your thoughts are on this. How do you, and you've worked mm -hmm. with so many organizations, what do small wins along the way look like when, mm. we, when we're leaning into equity? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think a small win is um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. I think that's actually, that's kind of a big one now that I think mm. about it because do you agree? Yeah. I think yeah. that's a tough, it's a, it is, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. I think small wins could be willing to have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. Even if things didn't go quite the way you thought they were going to mm. go, maybe you didn't see the result that you wanted to see being yeah. willing to have the conversation. Yeah. That can be, that can be a big win that seems like a small win. <laughs> and I think a small win, to your point, Esther, before, was like just willing to be curious. Yes. Mm. Like that's, it feels like a small win, but that feels so significant when we take the posture of a learner on, mm -hmm. um, especially in those spaces where maybe that isn't my lived experience, but I want to learn. And when we think about how much that does in that relationship, mm -hmm. yeah. that feels maybe like a big win. But so if we think about some small wins, maybe seem like those personal touches of yes. learning and conversations, what are the big ones mm. when we're really getting it right? More open dialogue. Mm. I think the more open people are about having a dialogue at their workplace, um, I think that's a big win. Um, when people are willing to say when they aren't comfortable mm. or when they are comfortable. I think that's the big, that's your objective. So our objective isn't to create divide, right? Mm. It's to create unity. And we are creating unity in the fact of appreciation for experience. So it's not saying, well, you had that experience, I had this experience, therefore we're different. Well, we're all different, we all have different experiences. You had that experience, I appreciate the experience that you had, and that can bring us closer mm -hmm. together. That's the objective, that's mm -hmm. the goal. Mm -hmm. We can't get there without dialogue and conversation and understanding and again, curiosity and just being willing to have conversations and ask questions mm -hmm. and listen. Listen. Yeah. I think so <laughs> a big win would be for me, if I see someone who has a preconceived notion about a thing and I see them listening, mm -hmm. not even acknowledging, just listening, that to me is a big one. Yeah, that's good. Sarah, any thoughts from you? What feels like a big one? I, I was thinking um, 
women and people of color in major leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Those are big ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking about, you know, Katanji. Mm, Katanji. Yeah, you know, and just being amazing. And the the thing that's the impact that it's hap- that is that even that situation is having for so many people that are like this is for the first time mm-hmm. we're gonna have it looks like a black woman mm-hmm. on the supreme court like the first time yeah um and someone who's uber qualified yeah yes yeah beyond qualified right beyond i, I mean just yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i get that so yeah i i think those are the those are the big deals to yeah me. It's interesting. So at, in my other hat of my cap hat, my cap cap, <laughs> like that, I was just yeah, nice. open nice. up for that. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're doing some equity work ourselves. And I, you know, it's been so interesting because I'm the first woman and first person of color to lead the organization. It's wow. history of 66 years. Right. Um, so there's a responsibility that I yeah. feel every day um, to figure out how what I'm doing and if I'm getting it right. But we've been on this journey with a consultant to help us think about like, you know, where are we? What's mm-hmm. our baseline? How do we measure what, what we should be mm. doing? Um, and it was fascinating because I think some folks maybe thought that I wouldn't be um, as curious to go as to spend the money yeah. and to do all the work because I'm a woman of color. And I was like, well, I, I'm, that, the, the, this doesn't <laughs> right? It's like, here oh. it is. She did it. Um, so we've been learning so much about ourselves, yeah. whether it comes to like, we're looking at things in all these different domains, but one of the things was around our space mm. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is probably going to be, this will be fine. You know? <laughs> um, and then when I got feedback, you know, about mm-hmm. all the places that we are not kind of pouring our efforts of equity into our spaces, mm. I, there were some things that I was like embarrassed about. Like mm. I was like, how could I have missed that? Um, so one of the recommendations was like, having free period products in our bathrooms. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Sure. I mean, I have 300 staff. 290 of them are women. I mean, you would think that I would have thought about that already. <laughs> and I missed it. Yeah. I didn't, didn't, sure. even, sure. didn't even think about yeah. it. Um, so I think this idea of a posture of curiosity, but I think it, then it has to be um, a commitment to action. Mm. Yes. Because we, you know, we can be in the learning and do all the survey taking and that, I mean, we're in that space now and we're learning so much, but there has to be a commitment to action and a commitment to resources because equity shouldn't be done on the cheap. It's right. kind of like, it feels like an oxymoron, right? To do <laughs> equity on the cheap. So I guess in your points of view or experiences, um, why do you think companies fail? when it comes to implementing mm. these practices mm. around building an equitable and inclusive culture? Oh, from my point of view, I think a lot of it has to do with not being willing to stay the long haul. This isn't a flavor mm. of the month. This isn't short term. You're not going to see results in a week or two necessarily, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to take action. And to your point, you're not on the cheap. But maybe some. Maybe you're a small organization. You're, in, you're working with a nonprofit, right? But you can still spend an investment. Maybe it's not set a percentage that you're willing to do for of your budget or your revenues like um i think it's a but it's a long term mm-hmm. it's a long term it's not short so when companies are struggling i think one of the key things is are they are looking at a short-term objective instead of really that long-term goal yeah. that it is that's fair what do you think Sarah? that was the first thing that came to me is it's it's a it's never ending yeah. we are uh, and it's gonna probably 
there are different things w that we're going to need to focus on mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. You know, socioeconomic um, diversity deal. is something that companies are just starting mm -hmm. to actually address, and it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just, we're still uh, mm -hmm. we're so nervous. <laughs> and, and it's difficult. Like these are real for I think for companies these are really difficult conversations. Yeah. When you okay, for instance, if you're a manufacturing company and you need somebody, you're more than open to work with you know socially disadvantaged people. Um, but you need them there at eight o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. but they have to drop their kids off at school. They can't be there at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we have these requirements of business and these requirements for, um, the, for people and we've got to fill, figure out how to fill that gap. And I think that's another area where I think there's technology coming into place that's going to help organizations mm -hmm. meet that. I think they're, and that's what equity is about, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about creating that equal playing field so that people can succeed. And something that has struck me coming coming from people who don't know what it is to have to work every day in a particular way, and especially with, let's say, I'm a, I have a lot of background in manufacturing, they have to be, there's no one's going, that has to be done. Our business won't work without a person there doing the mm -hmm. thing. And that's a new concept for some people who have just tried to survive. They're just mm -hmm. working to survive to get through each day. So having to be somewhere at a particular time isn't a part of their lifestyle, of their background, that's not what they've how they've ever lived their lives, and we're expecting something hugely different from them without giving them the tools to get there. So these are things where I think organizations can say, to your point, like why you're not seeing success is because you're ex having an expectation for maybe the same person and the mm -hmm. same background that you've always had, and saying, oh, well, there's a different. We have the same expectation, but this person's coming from a different background. How do we facilitate? train, groom, um, empower people to engage in the way we need them to engage. Like they have to run the machine. Like there's no <laughs> way around that. But how do we give them everything they need to be successful? Mm -hmm. And that's a different kind of mindset. And I think companies mm -hmm. that are successful are finding creative ways to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a partnership. Because I think yeah. when we talk about equity and we talk about how we give people things, there's a power dynamic in that. So I think it is a partnership of saying, yeah. what do you need to be successful in this space? Right. Um, I think you know the work that I do every day in my CEO world of CAP is we are an anti-poverty organization. So I, I, I feel well-versed to talk about some of the impacts around when we think about socioeconomic disadvantages. Um, and what I know to be true is what pe people who are living in a low-income situation are really struggling with. Yeah, they don't make as much money as maybe you or I or other folks who are in the C-suite spots. But where they're struggling isn't... Um, there's always been this story about like unwillingness or lack of experience mm -hmm. or laziness or all yeah. those things. It is the poverty of time. Mm -hmm. And the poverty mm -hmm. of time is a real thing when we talk right. about equity. Because believe me, no one feels good to know that they aren't showing up the way that their boss wants them to, whether it's on time or totally prepared. But when you're taking two buses and dropping kids off and trying oh, yeah. to get somewhere all at the same time, and still trying to manage, you know, whatever that survival work mm -hmm. is that you're doing in your head and trying to be fully present. Those challenges are really real. Um, so I love that idea of like inviting people into like, what can employers be doing yeah. to help meet their employees? Because what I think is true is that it creates a centric, it's like a centric way of being in community together. Yes. Um, and if employers are willing to be curious and say, hey, what's getting in the way? Right. How can we help? 
um, then it does feel like it's a partnership and it does feel yeah. safe and it helps elevate the issues of equity. But it also does this thing where um, it acknowledges that we're all in different seasons of our life. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I always feel really protective about is making sure that people don't feel shame. Yeah. <laughs> they should not feel shame because they make less and they're trying to do the best they can yeah. to feed their kids and to figure out how they get to that next promotion, education, whatever that looks like. And I know for me, I didn't think about a promotion for a long time because before I was the CEO of CAP, I was a client of CAPS. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like to be in the waiting room of that organization waiting for help, but I also know what it's like to sit in the C-suite on the yeah. corner <laughs> office now, right? Yeah. Um, and I have to keep those realities close mm -hmm. together. Yeah in order to live into what I believe right. equity is. Well, and I think it's difficult for organizations sometimes because they are figuring, like, you know, and it's different. Like if we are, if you're in an office space, oh, right? So different. So if I'm in an, a Cargus, we have a flexible work schedule. But again, there are some roles and jobs that oh, just require so this time. So how do you do that? And this is where I think that creativity comes into oh, place. I agree. Okay, we'll start your machines at nine. Mm-hmm. Like change, yeah. What's you know? Yeah. Uh, there's actually some really interesting technology coming out where they're saying it's gig work, so you can set your own schedule, mm. empowering the worker to set their schedule for when they can be there. Well, that's like that's mind blowing, yeah. you know, especially for manufacturing where we traditionally say we have to do a, sp mm. a specific, we have to have specific shifts, shifts at specific yeah. times, and it's a challenge. Or it no no doubt it puts more impetus on the employer to figure mm -hmm. out how to make that happen. But um, we need these, we need everyone yeah. to be able to show up. And yeah. to have the time to do it um, and I think there's just where communities also need to engage and this is where I th also think that nonprofits and business can work better together to mm -hmm. say hey we've got these resources we've got these needs we've got these people how do we make these connections mm -hmm. um, and so if organizations are struggling and again it's long term so it's not mm -hmm. going to be a quick solution but if they're struggling reaching out to organizations like CAP mm -hmm. in their communities to say hey this is what we need look there's help wanted signs out Everywhere you go right Everywhere now. Everywhere you go. <laughs> Everywhere we go right now. So reaching out to CAP and saying, hey, we need workers. Do you do you know? Is there, is there a work-study program that we can work with you mm -hmm. guys? Who is available? Where are you mm -hmm. seeing? Where are you seeing people who want to work but don't feel like they can work? Mm -hmm. you know, and what's in the way? And exactly what's right. in the way. Is it single moms? Is it people with lack of transportation, with lack of accessibility? What is it? Mm -hmm. And then let's work together to see if we can empower people and everybody wins. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, I think when I think about poverty um, and when we think about inequity in terms of, especially when it comes to like, when we think about race inequity, gender inequity, it is a generational problem. It has mm -hmm. been. It didn't just get here in 2020, <laughs> right? <laughs> so for me, it's thinking about what are the generational solutions? Mm -hmm. Because we have to find solutions that last more than one generation. Mm -hmm. But what I love about this current generation that's with us is that they are in the workplace demanding that their employers show up in a way that is honest and true to the issues of equity. And I think one of the ways that I'm hoping to leave that legacy is making sure that equity is built into strategy. Mm. Yeah. So you can't run away from it. It's not an operational thing. It's about how we think about our work. No matter what the work is, yeah. that equity lens is what we look, look at the world in. So I guess, um, mm. If we could give some advice to leaders, because we've got it all figured out, guys and gals. Um, no, not no, really, no, not no, at no. all. Um, so if we could give some advice maybe for some leaders who need some encouragement, who are feeling frustrated by maybe not exactly where, where yeah. they want it to be um, when it comes to their culture around equity in their workplaces, mm -hmm. um, what do you think they need to hear? How can we give them some hope? Keep going. Keep going. 
Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, just because you don't see the results that you think you want to see right away, um, yeah, continue on. This isn't short term. This is long term. You're in it for the long haul. And the impact that you're going to have may not be right now. I mean, how many times have you had people make a huge impact in your life? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the maybe it's the work that you did. You didn't see the results you wanted, but the employee that you touched, even if they didn't stay with you, they went to an. But at that place, they were mm-hmm. able to live a better life, yeah. have a better themselves. Um, so hang in there. Uh, it's not it's not something that's going to turn around in in a day. Um, it's going to take some buy-in. It's going to take time mm-hmm. and keep plugging away at it and being open-minded, mm, being yeah. open-minded and being, being curious about why something's not going the way you think it should. Yeah. Have gone. Fair point. <laughs> right. I, I, I tell you what, there's some of the best advice I got was, um, when I moved here was you can't be in a state of curiosity and judgment at the same time. Mm, mm. That is good advice. And so it's really <laughs> helped me because I'm one of those people that immediately wants to go to, okay, this is what I'm going to say as soon as they shut up. Yeah. Right. Um, so I having to be really curious and say, Oh, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. How come you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Yeah. So this idea of curiosity and learning, um, some perseverance, yes. uh, I think is what's necessary. And I would say, you know, that there is a bottom line benefit yes. to leaning into equity. So if doing it because it's the right thing, if because your employees, you know, require it of you and are expecting that in order to maintain your retention, um, as an employer, if those are not all the right motivators you need, I think there is this motivator motivator around your bottom line. Yeah. Um, and we know that we, you know, I recently saw some data that said if we were to manage some of the inequities that are here in this county, I'm not talking about somewhere else, here in good old Lancaster County, there would be $1.9 billion more dollars added mm. to our GDP. Whoa. Yeah, that's It's a big incentive that's to huge. get it right. And yeah. because it's the right thing. And because and it's the right because thing. Because it's the right thing. Yeah. No, I agree. And hey, you know, employees, we need employees. We need people to be, to show up at, to work. And people are leaving the workplace right now mm. because they, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to live this way. I want oh, to live got, my existence mm-hmm. and I have other options to live my existence mm, yeah. and to live who I am out. So let's create places at our work mm-hmm. that are empowering to that person, yeah. to people. Um, yeah. And I would say let's build places that are classrooms of equity. Mm. Um, and I think when I look at the definition of equity, I try to re- remind, remember what it means from this really technical place, but it's this pursuit of fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that word pursuit reminds me that it's action oriented. Yes. And that a pursuit doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I've, you know, it's not a matter, like it's not a point A to point B. I'm in pursuit of that. Yeah. Right. And I might be in pursuit of that for a long, long time. Okay. Um, but I'm glad to do it. I think it's good work. And, and be willing to fail. You're going to try some things. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, the fear of failure often leads to, leads to an action. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if it doesn't work, move. You try something else. Yeah. Right. So yeah. don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to say, oh, <laughs> let's move on to the next. Let's try something else. Right. And yeah. listen, to, listen to people that are talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, I don't know about you, but this is one of those conversations that has so many dimensions. <laughs> and ways that we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, right. So we're glad that we have local businesses doing local great things and being curious and setting some of those baselines and setting a target for what you know better could be. So I'll hand it back over to Sarah. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you both for taking the yeah. time to talk about this today. Um, thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com. 
where you can enjoy work wisdom press and productions, ask questions, and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. We might have to do some more on this particular topic. Um, as we do, we're, uh, we'll end with a quote from Anthony DeMello. How shall I help the world? The student asked. By understanding it, the teacher answered. And how shall I understand it? By turning away from it. How then shall I serve humanity? By understanding yourself. Thank you.